Welcome to the Calibre podcast, brought to you by the Watches of Switzerland group. This episode, taken from my Instagram Live, features our CEO, Brian Duffy, and Christopher Granger-Hare, CEO of IWC. They discuss the brand's latest launches unveiled at this year's unique digital watch fair, Watches and Wonders, formerly known as SIHH. Uh, to everybody that's tuned in, thank you very much for uh, for joining us. Uh, my name is Brian Duffy. I'm the uh, the CEO of the Watchdog Switzerland Group. Uh, delighted to have you along, and especially delighted to have a, a special guest this evening, uh, who is uh, Christoph Granger Hare, uh, the CEO of the IWC uh, brand. Christoph, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Good to see you, Brian. You know, we're going to go on and talk about uh, what, what we both uh, know and love uh, the world of watches, but inevitably. You know, forefront in all of our minds at the moment is the coronavirus and what it's doing to life, what it's doing to business. Uh, where are you guys at it with uh, IWC in terms of lockdown and, uh, and production? Well, first of all, you know, obviously our hearts go out to everybody who's, who's in this or caught in the middle of it. Obviously, one of the, uh, uh, you know, worst pandemic we have definitely seen in our lifetimes. So. We can only hope that we get through this uh, quickly and together. But on the other hand, it's made us realize a little bit how connected our little planet is these days. And I think that's probably one of the positives that's going to come out of it, that we see that the real challenges we can only face together. So, of course, we're adapting to this situation every single day in terms of our production, in terms of boutiques, in terms of where we can be open. Obviously, always uh, uh, keeping uh, everybody as, as healthy and safe as we possibly can. And navigating this really on a day-by-day basis as i'm sure everybody is and you personally are you still managing to to go to the office and yeah as an escape for sure <laughs> <laughs> no, i mean we are very well isolated here i mean Schaffhausen, we're all separated in our individual offices uh most of us are working from home uh, i'm here in the office on my own at the moment uh, that's yeah. also why probably we have a bit less it support than we normally have on these things we're learning to do all our own sort of calendar management, Instagram lives and all of that. So. You know, there's, uh, there's definitely skills and we are doing business that, uh, that we're learning. We're having a crash course on this. We otherwise never would have done so on. Definitely. Uh, but uh, as you right, rightfully say, let's hope for, uh, for humanity that uh, we get this under control. And it does seem that in, in Europe, um, you know, it has peaked. We have got in control of the situation. Uh, and then we'll all see is uh, there's some restoration of uh, of people working again, shops opening, and so on. We'll see. We'll see what happens, and uh, hopefully it's all good, and and we can progressively see normality coming at some point, uh, some point soon. You know, you uh, you're a young guy uh, leading a really big uh, big brand, um, and again for those out there that uh, uh, that might not know, IWC is uh, one of the powerhouse brands in the world of luxury Swiss watches. It's the biggest watch-only brand in the in the Richemont. Uh, it's been around for over 150 years. I think 1868. So we had the big 150 years celebration, and um, it's a it's a really great brand. It's in an odd place in the Schaffhausen, which we'll uh, get two minutes to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but how did you find your way into the world of luxury Swiss watches and all the way up to be CEO CEO of a IWC? Yeah, so I actually, I'm, I'm a trained designer. I'm an interior designer from Bournemouth University in the, in the south of the UK. Um, oh. After I completed my course there, I really thought, okay, I got a first taste for luxury design and retail. I did a little cufflink store in London and Sloan Street and a couple of projects there. A little bit of high street fashion for the likes of Kukai and Oasis and stuff like that in the UK. Yeah. And then after that, I really, you know, this, this idea of showcasing these objects like a little museum that really appealed to me. And 
I moved to Switzerland and I did a degree here and started working as an interior designer. And then very quickly, we got the request whether we wanted to do a museum for IWC. And that was a brand that I could really relate to because my dad was into watches. And I just yeah. loved that purity. And actually, on the way to university in Bournemouth, there was a, a retailer who had IWC back in the day. And I used to walk past these displays and look at the uh, Portuguese chronograph, you know, that very, very classic dial. Just yeah. thinking this is way too big at 40.5 millimeters. But yeah. <laughs> loving the design, loving the purity. And then obviously, when the question came whether I was going to do a design for, for a museum. I just jumped at it. I loved it. And from the first time I walked into IWC, I always felt like this was where I wanted to be. And, and that hasn't changed in the past 13 years. So I started off designing boutiques and, and uh, exhibitions, things like Watches and Wonders, the exhibition yep. you may see every single year. That was really where I came from. Then did visual merchandising, trade marketing, worked a little bit on consulting other brands as well. And then eventually into retail into sales and 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 here i am so you know it's it's obviously on, on the way had the uh, extreme joy of designing the new manufacturing center which i was then able to open as, as a ceo which which was really a, a quite something special and um it just yeah it just shows that you know there's so much aesthetic work in what we do in a luxury brand that really that design training that thinking up the, the story the dream and the engineering of that really yeah. just watch making really well so i always found that there's quite a natural fit yeah, and uh, are you are you German or Swiss? What's your uh, I'm German, uh, German, by German. Uh, married English, so this is something like Germish in the end. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah, your English is perfect, which is unusual learning it in Bournemouth. But it would be so good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and uh, a lovely town, Bournemouth. Obviously, not far from here in, uh, in yeah. London. And do you, you now you live in the uh, Schaffhausen. All right, all right. No, now you live in Schaffhausen? No, now I live in Schaffhausen, yes. So we yeah. just we moved back. Uh, actually, I commuted from Plymouth for five years uh, up to 2016. I moved back here. And now I live literally 10 minutes from the office. I had the pleasure of visiting uh, Schaffhausen a few years yeah. ago. And it's, uh, it's a really charming uh, little town. And clearly the, the river Rhine uh, passing through in the falls, it's, um, it's, it's, it's really quite special. It's one way to put it, charming. It's also yep. quite great. I mean, that helps for watchmaking, that focus. Yeah. Uh, clearly, uh, it's helped by the environment. <laughs> Not too much stimulus. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think I came from London directly that morning and, and yeah. the hustle bustle of uh, Heathrow and everything else and then to land in Schaffhausen. I stayed the night in the, uh, the village square with the, uh, the old hotel there. Yeah. And I did find it very charming. It was a bit, a bit, a, very much a contrast to, uh, yeah, yeah, to city life. So you can imagine and, uh, what it must have been like for Jones, uh, our founder, when he came over back in 1868, age 27 from the US, yeah. in the middle of Boston, you know, from a big watch factory, and then coming to the east of Switzerland, setting up here by the River Rhine. It must have been an absolute culture shock. But what a venture. And you see what happened to his vision in 152 years. It's, it's quite a unique story. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'd be uh, he'd be very proud to see what you're doing with uh, what what he began. But you know, I've done a I've done a series of podcasts, and, and something I always pull out is uh, just how visionary these young men were. Inevitably, in their early twenties, Hans Wilsdorf, uh, Emil Brandt, uh, Odemar, and Piggy, so many of them in their early twenties, yeah, um, just had that vision and determination, creativity, and they, they created what became you know some of the world's best brands. It's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. And as you say, I don't know Elvis' history. Did he, did he speak German? Did he speak French? I don't know. But he clearly was an American. Yeah. Uh, he saw an opportunity of American manufacturing capability and Swiss expertise and found his way to Schaffhausen to put them together. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was exactly the story. Um, Swiss craftsmanship was the best at the time, but America yep. had the industrial manufacturing capabilities and the technology. Uh, the Swiss did everything in homeworking back in the day, and, and Jones yep. came with this vision, vision of the big water watch company and said, look, let's bring everybody together. And he actually started the first centralized uh, watchmaking facility in Switzerland at the time. Yep. And obviously set that up directly powered by the River Rhine through Campbell's. And today we still get our power from the hydropower station just 300 meters down the road here. Oh, so there's right. nice continuity there, although admittedly we've expanded quite a bit from Joan's original building, though I'm still in, you know, this is still here, part of the original office building, uh, third floor, what he built in uh, 1874. Uh, but of course it's expanded uh, quite a lot since then. Yep. But again, it's uh, I'm, I'm overusing the word charming, but it really is a charming building from a, from the entrance, beautiful old architecture, and then you get inside and find this really ultra modern factory. And I know you've significantly expanded the manufacture since then, which I would I would love to see. But it's a it's a, a lovely fusion of a, of tradition and, a, and modernity. Um, so the IWC brand, really important brand for us at Watches of Switzerland, both in the UK and the, and now in the US. Um, three big families uh, that are there that, uh, uh, that, that really are the rocks of the business. Pilot, the, the first family that you did back in the 30s or the brand did back in the 30s. And we have Portofino and, and then today we're going to talk about Portuguese, uh, Portuguese which I think in many ways is the most iconic and recognisable statement of, uh, of IWC. Yeah, that's right. I mean, exactly. Jones, um, he very quickly um, got a good reputation for his precise pocket watch movements and that meant that pocket watches were being picked up as deck observation watches on ships and boats around the planet. And through that, we had two Portuguese importers actually coming to Schaffhausen in the 30s, asking for marine chronometer precision wristwatches. And the only way that our watchmakers and engineers could do that in those days was to fit an oversized pocket watch movement into a wristwatch, giving the Portuguese that slightly oversized look. You know, the first Portuguese of 1939 being 41 millimeters, having Arabic numerals, a very clean freehand layout and that pocket watch precision. And that really became the DNA of the Portuguese. And then really that this reference 325, which was the archetypical original Portuguese was produced all the way to the late eighties and then picked up again in 1993 for the 125th anniversary of IWC. And then was actually called Portuguese for the very first time. I think it had previously only been known as the big wristwatch, which is quite funny. Yeah. They got big pilot is sort of the, the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. And, uh, since then it's got its name Portuguese and then based on that followed the introduction of the iconic Portuguese chronograph first as a hand-bound double chronograph back in 1995 back into Blue Line and then of course in 98 as a regular uh, chronograph which is probably one of the most recognized designs in the watch industry today and then the second axis was really the first complicated Portuguese which would have been the introduction of Kurt Klaus's perpetual calendar movement into the Portuguese back in 2003 and that really built the pillars of what the Portuguese is today and the new collection is based directly on that DNA. Yeah, and a lot of which you're clearly using as, a, as inspiration with the collection that you presented to us all last week. I mean, yeah. something that's amazing, I think, when you go back and see the 325 uh, from 1939, it could sit in the collection today aesthetically. But, um, where the collection is today is just so reflective of, uh, of the original watch, it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. And we didn't want it, you know, there's no direct tribute pieces or vintage pieces in the collection. The Portuguese, for me, the beauty of that sort of design is it always feels modern. It always feels contemporary. It's never 
a retro-inspired watch. There's a clear DNA which runs all the way through the collection, but we still yep. want watches to be forward-looking and, and, and feel modern. That's really why, for example, the, the Portuguese Automatic 40 that we've just introduced as a new uh, base model of the Portuguese, this one, you know, very uh, clean, freehand, uh, small second at 6 o'clock layout based directly on the 325, no date. But then we yep. have that in-house 82 caliber Peloton winding movement okay, in the right. back. Uh, new butterfly clasp and strap yeah. systems and uh, bringing that in different versions really to have a new 40 millimeter flatter entry point to the Portuguese automatics to to complement the chronograph yeah and what what's the thought behind 40 millimeter as a size yeah absolutely and uh, 40 mil I mean it's it's all in the the 82 caliber which allows us to bring the diameters down a little bit and that's right. a movement that's also uh, strong enough to carry complications which we then see uh, for example in the new perpetual calendar 42 yep. millimeters, which has the same base movement combined with that code class module, allowing us to bring again the size down to 42, make yep. it a lot more wearable. It's still totally a Portuguese proportion in terms of case, but much more wearable, less high 42 millimeters, uh, same base movement. Yep. The, the chronograph range that you introduced, uh, delivered to us, I think, just in, in, the, in December, already looks uh, fantastic. You're obviously uh, now just introducing a couple of uh, of different line extensions in there with these beautiful dial colors of the, yep. uh, of the burgundy and the green. So yep. it's completely uh, re-engineered. So it's the same uh, dial and case proportion, but we have our in-house 69 caliber chronograph movement uh, beating in the back, uh, the sapphire glass case back. And again, it comes with a new butterfly glass system, meaning that the watch, when it's closed, actually sits on the wrist even more centrally. It's a, it's a more uh, comfortable fit on the wrist. And yep. as you say, we've introduced two new colors, um, a, a dark a green and a burgundy, which look beautiful in the Portuguese. Yeah, you, you do these deep colors very, very well. The, the, uh, one of the first things I ever saw at SIHH, before I was in the business, actually, but when yep. I lived in Geneva, I went to SIHH and I saw IWC and, and saw the blue that you did. And I know you're having a big celebration of blue here with your uh, petite collections we'll look at. In a minute, but I think you do these uh, deep dial colours very, very well. They're, they're really Thank spectacular. Yeah, no, we, we enjoy them as well. Yeah, and then obviously this uh, this lineup now of the, the automatic forty that you've mentioned again, I think is very, very complete. Uh, uh, steel and and uh, steel and gold again with the, uh, the beautiful burgundy complementing the uh, yep. Oh, beautiful, the, the new automatic. Simple. Yep, very yeah. elegant, yeah. very uh, very recognisable as a IWC and. I think when we put those two collections together, the, uh, the Chronograph and the Automatic 40, um, you've got a really strong collection between six and a half, seven thousand pounds here in the UK. Yeah, well, but as you say, in the in the smaller size uh, uh, range, you really have that uh, 40 and the, the 41 uh, in the Portuguese Chronograph side by side, so very complementary offering yeah. there in, in yeah. the iconic part of Portuguese. Yeah, but well, the 40 is a great size, and, and there is a tendency, I wouldn't call it a trend yet, but a tendency for men to go to smaller dials yeah. uh, overall, and, and I really think, I know we're going to look at some big dials or big cases from you. I caught uh, myself wearing a 42 the other day, so it's getting dangerous, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, th I, think it's, I think it's a great choice, a really great collection, and very complete in terms of steel gold and the, the colour options, uh, chronograph and the, um, uh, and the automatic. The perpetual calendar again. You've you've gone for it. It's smaller than your previous perpetual calendar, so it's forty-two millimeters. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also the uh, boutique uh, edition, which I really really love. Um, yes. Dial, 
We've got a moon disc here where the moon is machined from a, a single piece of uh, solid gold and then we temple print and pad print actually the stars, uh, the, the night sky in between the moon and stars. And that yep. on that nautical inspired uh, woven leather strap of golden lock stitch, yep. 42 millimeters in, in gold. And we also now the perpetual calendar for the first time standard collection we do in a steel version. Yeah. Beautiful silver dial, gold hands and index. Yeah. Stainless steel. And again, less than 20,000 pounds in the UK for a, a, a really interesting uh, complication uh, overall. Of, uh, I've got my uh, perpetual calendar. Yes, I saw. Yeah. And uh, I tell you one thing I really love about it is the fact that I can reset uh, the date uh, all, from the, all from the crown. Absolutely. Uh, overall. Um, no matter how much we all say we should keep our, our watches on watch finders, and I generally do, there's always occasions uh, when you don't. I wish. <laughs> yeah, and it's just hugely convenient to be able to set the, the whole thing from, uh, from the crown again. So um, I think a lot of people will aspire for a perpetual calendar, but at less than £20,000 with the, you know, the engineering and the movement of the IWC, this is, a, uh, this is going to be great and uh, stunning again in the, in the rose gold. Uh, which is around twenty-seven thousand pounds. Yeah, uh, we all uh, we all love the Laureus edition as well. I think it's great work that you do with the Laureus uh, uh, Foundation uh, overall limited edition. Yeah, yeah. So I'll see yeah, a Moonfisher chronograph. It yeah. means that we have three distinct in-house chronograph movements uh, beating inside yeah. the Portuguese collection. Uh, we have the 69 caliber, which sits inside the uh, Portuguese chronograph. Then you have the 89 caliber, which powers the new third generation yacht club. And then the yep. 59 caliber hand wound monopusher, which is inside the monopusher chronograph. And then of course the, uh, the uh, children's uh, drawing competition winner from this year's uh, drawing competition yep. from one of the laureus projects on the back, uh, limited edition in stainless steel. I mean, that will be hugely popular and, uh, and uh, well, I'm sure sell out very quickly. Um, so then we have something that we, we think is uh, fantastic, but we're going to have uh, more uh, metal bracelets on the, yep. on the IWC. You know our market here in the UK and in the US actually has a really strong preference for the metal bracelets. You do beautiful uh, alligator bracelets, of course. Yeah. Uh, but what, what you're doing with the, the Yacht Club range here with the metal bracelet, yeah. It's no, it's done. very, very comfortable. You have that um, fine adjustment system, which is yep. the IWC button here for the last five mil to be able to adjust that easily on the wrist. Completely reproportioned case, 44 millimeters with that in-house 89 caliber flyback chrono. And then we yep. designed a new metal bracelet, which gives us that first time we have a Portuguese sports classic chronograph in the range standard on metal bracelet. And yep. we do that on it in a two-tone as well. So this is the two-tone version in uh, the 5N gold combined with a stainless yep. steel um, together, which is beautiful. And then on the Yacht Club, we also have a, a great talking piece, a completely new function with the uh, Yacht Club Moon and Tide. The first yes. time we're having a moon and, tide, moon and Tide indicator on a Yacht Club automatic, showing you both the moon in the northern and southern hemisphere using the classic double moon layout IWC. And yep. the spring tide indicator and then really a high time indicator at the bottom that you can set to your individual location and that will then show you all the high tides and low tides correctly from that yep. onwards and again it's all settable on the single crown so yeah try to make it as so, friendly as possible i had a few questions in looking at this and and one was i i don't know of any other um moon and tide mechanical watch yeah no correct Yes. Yeah. So this. this was, is... I remember there were a couple of more sort of independent watchmaker um, type yeah. stations, 
but in that combination with double moon and tides, uh, no, it's it's new. And my other question was, I'd never seen the word neep before expressed to a express. You know, in Scotland, it's a vegetable, a neep, uh, but I'd never I'd never heard it used as a description <laughs> of a type. Not a yeah. type of so, no. We have um, so neap and spring tides basically. Uh, Correct us if, the, if that is uh, different in Scotland, but that's the more or less expressed high tides depending on the gravitational pull of the sun, the moon, and earth. Yep. That relationship meaning that the, depending on the position of the moon, the tides are either stronger or weaker, uh, leading to the spring tides, which is the higher high tide, or the neap tide, which is the lower high tide, basically, depending on planets. And you're using your really cool rubber strap. Absolutely, I haven't got that here, unfortunately, but it's a, it's a rubber inlay strap with textile that very much is inspired by nautical ropes, and it again makes that watch very ocean-going, very flexible. Yeah, very nice uh, sports classic. Uh, uh. But honestly, I think what you're doing with bracelets and straps is great. I think we all we all love the uh, the alligator straps that you've done over the years, but they're just they're not as practical. Obviously, uh, you do need to change them, and and uh, they're not waterproof. You can't swim in them, and so on. So. I think you're moving to the metal bracelets, the rubber bracelets are, are really going to bring uh, a, a new incremental, you know, mm. consumer interest in business. It's, uh, it's really great. And, and the last question I had in this is the dial, is the sub-dial sunken on this, particularly the one at six o'clock on the Yacht Club Moon and Tide? Uh, visually, and I'm only looking at it on the screen, but it does look as if there's a, the sub-dial at six o'clock is, is sunken quite deep. Yes, also yep. to balance that out graphically against the uh, double moon phase of five o'clock. I'm sorry, I haven't got it here. I'd love to show yep. it. They're literally all in roadshow at the moment and we haven't got that many of them built yet. Yeah, yes. well, to anybody listening, this is a stunning watch again and, uh, and check it out on the, uh, online for uh, IWC. It's, uh, it really is beautiful and, and a, great, uh, a great innovation. Um, and then you have this wonderful lineup that you're doing of boutique exclusives and this yep. beautiful deep blue rose golds with this really interesting strap yeah yeah i mean this was the so the straps will um will ship a little bit later in the year as, as an accessory yeah. because simply they're from a company that weaves them in northern italy and of course we cannot have them made at the moment so for the launch they will come in the uh, dark blue uh, santoni alligator and then we'll make yeah. the golden straps uh, available a little bit later but yeah no we, we love the the feel of the hand woven it's, it's a nice uh, color combination and we have that from a Portuguese uh, chronograph to an automatic small and big perpetual calendar and then a range of tourbillon complications. So there's a yep. tourbillon perpetual calendar with a tourbillon at 12 o'clock and there's a tourbillon chronograph uh, with a tourbillon at 6 o'clock, uh, limited edition of 50 each in, in uh, 5N gold and also in platinum. And those are also available then in the boutique. And is there, is there more to come this year? Yeah, well, yes, <laughs> there's always more to come. I think uh, full focus first half of the year is on the Portuguese, and then we'll have some exciting pieces, especially in the pilots range, a little bit later this year. And uh, let's see how the situation develops. We hope to be uh, showing much of those uh, from the summer months onwards. Yep. And uh, obviously, big news recently with the uh, uh, with the withdrawal of, of Rolex and Patek from uh, from Basel and, and the move to Geneva. What's your thought about? Uh, uh, watching Wonders next year now incorporating uh, the brands from Basel? Well, first of all, it's not incorporating. So, you know, obviously Rolex and, and some other brands are staging a parallel event uh, at Palexpo yep. that coincide with Watches and Wonders. Um, I think, obviously, I appreciate uh, 
or the impact in, in Basel and everything as well. But I think surely in terms of an industry get together and in terms of making the schedule possible for, for partners like you, for our customers, etc., uh, the more concentrated we can be as an industry and the more we can work together as an industry, surely the, the better. So of course uh, that it's, is positive from that perspective, but I also appreciate that entire change that is going on at the moment. And it's, it's, it's definitely has consequences on, on both those shows, but the more we manage to bring the industry together, I think the better it is for all our clients, journalists, everybody who's, who's attending uh, these events. Yes, you know, and uh, I would just echo that on behalf of uh, retailers. It really was becoming impossible. Um, and the, the last year, what we've kind of gone through, culminating with us, you know, ultimately not seeing all the products for the reasons beyond everybody's control. Uh, but it but it wasn't good, um, you know, and we had Dubai, you have Zurich, you have Geneva, you have Basel. Yeah. It really wasn't. Uh, it becomes tricky to to manage for sure. Yeah. So so now it's going to be one place, one time, the home of uh, watchmaking, um, uh, Swiss watchmaking. So man, I think all around it's uh, it's it's going to be better for everybody. Uh, your feeling about uh, when we do get back the stores open again and start trading? What do you think business will be like? As I say, I think. We're taking every step at a time uh, at the moment. That, that's all we can do. I mean, first of all, we have to get out of this pandemic. I think that's the, the most important thing. Uh, and after that, we will respond to the situation that we'll have. I mean, we're here to connect. You've seen the launch of uh, Digital Watches and Wonders over the weekend. Uh, we spent you know, the last couple of weeks creating a whole lot of videos, uh, conversations behind the collection to really bring that uh, directly to people and, and make most use of the current situation to connect with people digitally and I think that's what we'll continue to do and then we'll take the situation as it evolves to uh, see what changes are also going to stay with us in terms of uh, people's preferences uh, going forward I think we can only uh, respond to the situation that we're facing. Well we're all somewhat in the dark we're all making our plans and, and hopefully some uh, you know someday reasonably soon we'll be able to start putting these plans in action and and getting back to some kind of a normality. Uh, I do think the watches and wonders that were, was done uh, electronically uh, through the web over the last uh, couple of weeks has been really great. It's been great for for us to see the main presentations that were there and then yeah. to have it followed up with, the, with your team with uh, Grant and Caleb and the teams that we have in the UK and US. So I think under the circumstances, uh, you've all done a great job and, uh, and IWC has done a, a particularly fantastic job. Yeah, so you can uh, look on my Instagram on Chris Granger Hair on Insta. You see the full novelty presentation on IGTV. You can have a look at that. I'll talk you through the entire collection there as well. And of course, uh, it's 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 been been great to see the response to uh, the digital launch, and we we hope that uh, this will make it a little bit easier. And yeah, we may not have built our exhibition booth this year, which especially as as you know from my background pains me a lot this year. But yes. we've built it in VR. We've built a full 360. 3D model of it. So on our launch collection page, you can scroll down and you'll find a VR walk around where you can discover cocktail recipes from Andrea Berton. We've got a Spotify playlist. We've got all the video content there to be discovered. So it's almost like walking around the uh, actual booth in, in Geneva. So come yeah. with Well, I'm not surprised coming from your background, a lot of creativity, a lot of imagination. Uh, and listen, it's uh, congratulations on, on the collection at uh, Watch of Switzerland for very, very, uh, positive about it. We think it's going to add incremental business, you know, value as a subject. I think the, the movement in bracelets, uh, the innovation that's there in the, in, in the Yacht Club, the perpetual calendar, there's just so much there and we, we really can't find a fault or concern with any of it. We think it's all going to be successful and, you know, look forward to developing our partnership further. Yes, thank you.
Thank you very much for joining me, Christoph. Have a good evening. Cheers. Thanks, Brian. Take care. All the best. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Calibre podcast. We do hope you enjoyed it. Please do subscribe and listen to other episodes on Apple Podcast and Spotify. 